Random Inks Productions presents the Credible Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Mark. What's up, my nerd? Hey, Nerd Nation, welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey, guys, how's it going? And this is episode 40 of our Credible Nerds Podcast. And we want to thank you guys for joining us and listening to our podcast and joining us here. Today, we'll be talking about one of the most polarizing movies that's been out for a long time. And it's a movie that has taken the comic book world by storm, and it's only in its second week in theaters. But yet it's still breaking records and making a lot of money. And guess what? It's a DC film. So today we'll be talking about Joker. But first, we're going to be talking about some of the latest DC news, since Joker's a DC film. thought we'd break some of the latest news to you and talk a little bit about that before we get into actual movie review. Um, the big announcement, as of today at least, has been regarding the upcoming The Batman film. Uh, Robert Pattinson was cast in that role as a younger Bruce Wayne or Batman a couple months ago. And there's been some people that have loved it, some people that have hated it. But that seems pretty typical for any type of Bruce Wayne or Batman announcement. So every time there's a new one, people have to put their opinion out there, which is just fine. But for you, Mark, um, what are your thoughts on Robert Pattinson as the the new younger Bruce Wayne slash Batman? Um, I like that they went with the young, like someone that's got the younger look, you know, as opposed to we kind of always get the the older Batman. It seems like you know the middle aged Batman, mm-hmm. and we've never really had like Batman that's you know mid twenties, you know, kind of look and and things. At least not in movie. And, and so I like it. I think that they're, they're going to do some aggressive stuff that way because there's a lot. I mean, Batman went through a big learning curve to get to where he's at, right? Yeah. And so it'll be kind of interesting to see where that curve is. I know we got it a little bit in the, you know, um, the Batman trilogy that came out some time ago. Uh, you know, Batman kind of sh- begins. Yeah, but we didn't really get you know, a ton. I, I just felt like, you know, there was, they were more worried about the action and stuff as opposed to the story. So I'm hoping they do a cool story here. Um, one thing I worry about, I mean, obviously I'm not an actor. I don't really know. Uh, but from what I've seen from Robert Pattinson is Edward and uh, Harry Potter, right? Oh yeah, and, he was in that, I forgot. Yeah, uh, Cedric Diggory, right? Yeah. Uh, and not that he was horrible and it could have been a lot with the writing and the directors and things like that, you know, I mean, could be a difference, but when I look at those two and I try to compare to what you want to get out of a Batman, it kind of leaves me wanting, leaves me a little worried. Uh, That's not to say we can't get something good here. Um, we can't, you know, that maybe he knocks it out of the park, but it, it leaves me a little wary because everything I've seen from him does, doesn't match anything I've read from any Batman. Right. Yeah. He's, I know he's in a few movies recently over the past, you know, five, six years. Cause 
you know, Twilight was what, 10 years ago when it, that ended or it's been a while at least. Oh yeah. He's been in a few movies since then and I haven't seen them, but from what other fans are saying you know, that he, his acting is pretty good, better than what we saw previously. So, I mean, I'll give him that, but um, I'm not, I'm kind of like you. I'm, I'm, I'm left wanting, but I'm not really saying anything. I'm just going to take it as it is until I actually see it. Cause I remember when Ben Affleck was announced as the new Batman, I was like pissed off. I was like, this is stupid. This is the worst decision ever. But then I saw, actually saw him as Batman and he's my favorite Batman out of, out of all of them. So, you know, I'm learned my lesson. I'll just sit back and wait, see what happens, see how it goes. And then I'll make my decision. So, but I am like you a little wary, like, Oh, you know, how's this going to go? But we will see. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick, like of anybody that I could see as Batman, you know, with the dashing kind of good looks, but the physique, you know, and, and stuff like that, I actually might have gone with a Zac Efron over Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Well, Zac's a little shorter, isn't he? Uh, I'm, I don't know about the height. Um, that, that's a good question. But I, I just see him, he's got like, you know, the Bruce Wayne look, and I feel like he can pull off the, the debonair Batman, you know, f- you know, the, or the yeah. Bruce Wayne part. And then um, I've always said, I think that he would be a good replacement for Wolverine as a younger Wolverine. So if I can see him as a Wolverine, I can see him as a Batman. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely got the look for it and the, the gravitas. Um, we saw him in, I think the last movie I've saw him in at least was the greatest showman. And when I first heard that he was going to be in it, I kind of rolled my eyes, but Again, once I actually saw the film and saw him acting as I, he was my favorite part of the whole, the whole film was his role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been in a TV series lately, human discoveries. I haven't seen it, yeah, I haven't either. but I know he's, um, that he's been in a bunch of episodes for there. He plays a character called Gary. Okay. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think he's upcoming for anything. You know what I mean? I actually won't, wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in one of the upcoming series, you know, either uh, the Lord of the Rings one, or if we see him shoved into uh, Will of Time. Yeah, that'd be cool. So anyway, that's uh, uh, Robert Pattinson. And then also Jeffrey Wright was announced as Commissioner Gordon a week or so ago. And I I remember seeing his face, but um, I can't remember anything he's been in offhand. But I remember thinking he was... He's okay. He's a good choice. I don't know much about him, but I remember thinking, oh, I recognize that guy. And I don't remember seeing a movie where I was like, oh, that guy's a bad actor or, you know, whatever. So I'll take it and, and see how that goes too. Mm-hmm. He played Hunger Games, right? He played like BD or what, something like that? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah, had supporting roles and he's done well. It kind of, I mean, maybe the age line matches up, but I feel like if they're going for a younger. Um, Batman, they need to go to with the younger uh, Gordon, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Because, I mean, in, unless they're going to make Batman look more middle-aged, then okay. I mean, I think that works because I think the ages work out somewhere in there. But if they're going to go for a mid-20s Batman, you can't have a mid-50s actor playing. Unless, I mean, they can age him down. Obviously, we see that left and right. And so they could do that. But if they don't age him down, it, I think that's important to me is matching timelines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so if they don't do that, I think it'll be a takeaway, but I think there's a lot of potential here, right? 
Um, and I think you can see that with every movie. So maybe we're not saying anything that's crazy, but I think there's a lot of potential here. I just see a lot of potential for not great as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Commissioner Gordon's always been about, you know, 10, 15 years older than, than Bruce Wayne, maybe 20, but I mean, he's, you know, like a, an older uncle type thing. That's the impression I always get with Commissioner Gordon. So, well, and then, I mean, you know, my opinion about rewriting characters. So. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> we'll talk about that at, when the actual movie comes out. <laughs> but, um, but the big announcement for this film has, is, that was announced today, a couple hours ago, is that Zoe Kravitz will be uh, portraying Catwoman, Selena Kyle, in this film. And that's something that I'm excited about. I think that's a good idea. As far as acting, she's a good actress, and I've enjoyed watching her in her different roles. So I think acting-wise, she can do it. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, ambitious, right? I mean, anytime you go about rewriting any character, I think you're, um, you're, you're trying something ambitious, right? And that's cool and all, and I get people want to do new things. It's just hard for me because I've seen so many rewrite, rewriting of characters become complete flops, and I've seen very few rewriting characters where I've actually liked it the same or better, right? So I go off my uh, experience, and I just get anxiety for it. Because I've, Batman, I think, has always been one of my favorite characters. Um, and, and I'm sure that's with everyone. He's one of the big three. And, yeah. but, and so it always worries me when I see something that can cause it issues. I mean, uh, like we're talking, you know, Batman with nipples, scary, right? <laughs> I get, I, I just get apprehensive because you've seen a George Clooney come in and almost destroy the franchise. Like it <laughs> stalled it for years and years and years. And not that Zoe Kravitz is horrible actress, not that any, you know, any of these other actors are, are horrible. Um, but you get worried about the direction of the director and if they're going to try to do something that people aren't going to like, if you're going to you know, do that, that's fine, but still keep the characters true to themselves. Selena Kyle is a specific way written a specific way. I don't care who you have player necessarily, but make Selena Kyle still be Selena Kyle. Don't make Selena Kyle be the director's version of Selena Kyle to prove some point. Yeah. Yeah, we've discussed that on previous podcasts, specifically about Batman. And I, I, I agree with you. Because um, I think DC, has, in the past, at least in their comics, has done a really good job of being inclusive of different uh, races and genders and sexual orientation without rewriting characters. Um, I think, you know, with the New 52, what I'm reading lately, they've um, they've done a good job of introducing newer characters like um, Batwing was a, an African Batman doing the same thing that Bruce Wayne's doing in Gotham, except he's doing it in, in a city in, in Africa. And um, Batwoman is, is a lesbian. They didn't really re she's a newer character, so they didn't really rewrite her. Um, you know, so just things like that where they've been inclusive, but not rewritten, you know, these characters, they've still developed good storylines. And I think it was earth, the earth Two storyline where, um, Green Lantern ended up being gay and I was fine with that because it's not a Green Lantern that we know it's a different new Green Lantern and if they want to do that then okay I mean he's a new new Green Lantern that we never knew 
now we're getting to know him and what he what he likes to do and stuff like that. And they're not rewriting um, Hal Jordan. That, you know, all of a sudden he's gay when, you know, for 50 years he wasn't. It's, hey, let's create this new character and we'll introduce him to the timeline and he is what he is or she is what she is, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And how easy is it to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, there's like something like three or four Batgirl, Batwomen. There's, you know, three Robins. There's three Flashes. There's, right? I mean, uh, there's, like you said, the the different dimensions, right? The 52 worlds. So you have... Uh, some supermen that are the one we know, Clark Kent, some that are, you know, black, some that are robots, some that uh, speak German because it's an alternate universe where the Germans won World War II, right? Yeah. You can do whatever you want in these kind of movies. So do that, you know, if you want to rewrite a character, but don't, don't rewrite a character that we, we love. I mean, yeah. it's just killer for me, but... I'm going to see the movie either way. So I guess, uh, I guess entertainment wins in the end. Yeah. So that's the, the big news for the Batman. Uh, they haven't really announced out much outside of that. It's 2021, right? Is that when it's? Yeah. They're going to start filming early next year, 2020 and then 2021 release. So that's uh, another topic on Joker is the, this article or this, statement has been making the rounds and all the social media it's pretty annoying but i wanted to bring it up that basically jared leto who played the joker in suicide squad is upset that wb or dc had cast joaquin phoenix as the joker for a standalone film and my thought process is you know is this even news because this he made that statement or said those things like over a year ago when they were first starting to, to develop this film it's not like he's mad at them. He's just like, "Hey, what are we, you know? What are you guys doing? I'm the Joker. And now you're going to do another Joker. You know, you know. If it was me, it'd bother me. I wouldn't be. I don't think he's like crying about it. He's just saying, "Hey, what's up? You know, I thought I was the Joker. What's going on?" And that, like I said, that was a while ago. And so all of a sudden, it comes up now. Now that the Joker's making a lot of money and doing well, it's popular. Seems like it's a hit job, or they're trying to throw shade where there, where there isn't. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this makes me think one, one or two things are going on. One, which I, I kind of lean towards more, is that these directors in the Suicide Squad had an idea we need to do something different with Joker. Uh, I think everyone is hung up on Heath Ledger's Joker. It was phenomenal. Right. You know? And so now you've got to try to do another Joker while not trying to imitate it because there's not going to be another Heath Ledger Joker. So I think they kind of went for something different and this is what they saw. And either they didn't develop the character very well, which I can see he wasn't in the movie a whole lot. And so it just came off a bit different. And I think audiences had a hard time swallowing it. So this is kind of their way to reset it and kind of see what, which direction they want to go with the Joker. Because, right, all we've seen is Joker, right when he became Joker, he he still can evolve to what he ends up being. And now they've kind of opened that door to what are the audience like? Where can we go with this? Uh, my second thought is that someone has this awesome idea to do the infinite crisis as a movie. Yeah. And we will have multiple Jokers. And this is the, a, a way to get introduced. But... I mean, obviously, it doesn't sound Jared, like Jared Leto would know that, right? And maybe they haven't let too many people know because that's years down the road. But that would be something that would be kind of neat, you know, because then you have, you know, 
jokers from different worlds that are still joker and both crazy but they're different yeah yeah i like that idea if they're gonna do that they need to start producing a lot of movies (laughs) to get Mm. that storyline developed well and the only reason i think that is because they're doing that with the wb films right or the tv shows and it's generating i feel like a lot of excitement yeah it is and so because of that like it's like oh why not do that in the big screen, you know? Like, why not make that awesome and, you know, do a big dark seed thing, you know, yeah. or dark, whatever, however you say it. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Also, the a new trailer for The Birds of Prey has been released, uh, starring Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And I think, who else is in The Huntress? Uh, Poison Ivy, is she in it? Yeah, Poison Ivy. Isn't Oracle in it? Mm, I don't know about Oracle. But um, no, she's not. At least oh, they have. I thought Oracle was the like leader of the Birds of Prey. Yeah. yeah, I would say that's one thing they're not doing very well with this film is there's no Oracle or Bat Batgirl or anything, and she's one of the original Birds of Prey, and she's not going to be in it. So maybe they she is, and they just haven't revealed that yet. Maybe that's the surprise. Yeah, she's not in it. Um, Black Canary. Black Canary. That's right. Yeah, maybe I don't think Poison Ivy's in it. I think it's Black Canary that I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, in the comics, the original Birds of Prey is, I mean, Harley Quinn's not in it. She's not a bird of prey. It's um, Batgirl and Huntress and Black Canary. And even uh, Katana was in it for a bit. So I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what to think. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. For it. <laughs> just like the trailer that they show, there's just too many quick cuts. You don't really know what's going on blowing stuff up and laughing about it i'm like okay and then that's the trailer oh and then uh, black mask is in it with you know ewan mcgregor playing him and i think that's that'll be exciting but i really don't know what this movie's about mm-hmm. yeah i it was pretty convoluted right as far as uh, what it was and like you said a million cut scenes um it seemed not that this isn't okay so i mean don't take me wrong i'm not trying to slam down it seemed a little bit pushy on the girl power type thing, but that's what birds of prey is, right? It's a girl group and it's et cetera. But this seemed like it was like forcing the issue, right? As opposed to, it's just a story about a bunch of girls who's band together. It felt like, did you ever see any of the previews for the, the hustlers with Jennifer like, Lopez? Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a different version of that. I was watching like, Ooh, let's get together and we're going to, take advantage of these guys because we're girls yeah. or we're going to team up and do something right. Obviously they're way different movies, but the feeling was the same on what they were trying to get out of the movie. And I mean, I'll still watch it, but like you said, I'm just kind of like, ah, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't want to, I don't know, watch something where I feel like I'm getting something pushed in my face. Yeah. It needs to be organic. So, but I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some more, stuff that comes out a little bit better um, and see what we get. Yeah. yeah hopefully. So anyway, uh, that's the, the latest DC news. Uh, so you can follow us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Just do a search for Credible Nerds and you'll find us. Join us there. Follow us. Join our group, Facebook group. Um, also check out our YouTube channel. We've been posting a lot of our podcast episodes there in video format. It's just uh, basically the audio playing over a picture, but uh, we're going to get to the point where we actually 
have something to watch on our YouTube videos, but for now it's just the audio uh, of the podcast, but definitely subscribe there. We've gotten actually gotten about 12 subscribers since our last uh, podcast, I believe we're up to 32. So (laughs) yeah, progress. We want to thank those guys that have, have joined us there on YouTube and followed us there. And there's been people making comments on, on the videos and we appreciate that. We definitely read them and, um, try to answer back the best we can. So definitely check out our YouTube channel, subscribe there for more credible nerds. Goodness. Also, if you want to support us on patreon.com slash the credible nerds, please do so for about uh, two bucks a month. You can get ad free episodes of our podcast episodes. And for a little bit more, you can also get exclusive content and bonus episodes. Uh, let's say for example, we had a, an episode that was uh, 25 minutes long. Uh, if you were a Patreon member, you could get you know, bonus content where the episode would be, you know, 30 minutes long. So there's more that we talk about that gets edited out or we take it out and just push it to our Patreon subscribers. So definitely join us there, support us there, and you'll get uh, extra content. So, well, so Joker, uh, I've been excited for this movie for over a year. Um, been seeing pictures and just different trailers and stuff that had been released throughout the the past year and finally came out first of October. So a couple weeks ago and you and I went and saw it on Friday. And so leading up to this movie, I was buying into the hype. I, you know, I knew what it was. I knew it was this new format that they're kind of calling the DC black label movie where it's darker. It's a little more violence and um, it's not as comic booky or cartoony as some other films that we've seen. And so I knew what was, what was going to happen or as far as like what the tone was and that sort of thing. Um, I went and I was still excited for it. I wanted to see it. So one thing I've always appreciated with DC is that they're a little more, a little more darker. There's more at stake in their stories than just, Hey, let's blow stuff up. Hey, happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. We won. You know, it's, it's serious stuff. It's the human experience in these comic book movies. So I've, I was really excited about that, that we're going to get even more with Joker. So for you, Mark, what was your expectations or what were you thinking going into this film and how did that, did it change? Did it meet your expectations or what? What do you think? Uh, I had absolutely zero um, hope for this film. Oh yeah? <laughs> I did. I, something about Joaquin Phoenix uh, from his past films and just his personal life, just kind of a different guy, you know? Yeah, he's definitely different. And, you know, I just, it just wasn't matching for me. And then the stuff that they were putting out, like his costumes and stuff. And I was just like, this just looks like a joke, you know, like just, I could not get into it. I couldn't get excited for it. I actually stopped watching any, you know, paying attention to any of its content because it was bumming me out so bad. (laughs) And I mean, then we went and saw it, and I, I saw like a couple of trailers like near the end, like a couple of weeks before release, and I'm like, hey, this like might have some potential, you know? Uh, and so I kind of went from like a zero to three to a four. And then I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm off work right now. You know, I was at home for a while, so I just I messaged you and said, hey, should we go see this? And you're like, yeah. And so we went, and it blew me out of the water. Like I was. I was definitely surprised and it blew away any expectations I had. Um, it was just an amazing show. 
with great acting. Joaquin Phoenix just, he knocked it out of the park. He, I, I don't know how he did it. I mean, that guy, like, immersed himself into his role or something, but it was, it was amazing. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't. Because the happen. movie was going along, you were buying into it more and <clears throat> it was making sense to you. Like, what were your thoughts during the film? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, during the film, like at first, you know, it's just this kind of guy who's got this weird laugh, right? And I'm like, oh, is this what I'm in for? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I thought that started, too. I was like, oh, that's, that's going to be annoying after a bit. Yeah, right. And I, that's, that's exactly what I thought. And then as the story kind of brought it together and built on that, because I think they did that on purpose. I think everyone thought that. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Like, uh, great. But, uh, you know, they brought it together amazingly and it it made sense. I was like, this is actually like really good. So then the last didn't become annoying. It was, it, I don't know, it drew me into the film. And, you know, to watch this guy, you know, through a story, you know, what happens to him. I, I, I don't think empathy is the right word, but it's more of an understanding, yeah. you know, like, like I, I get you, like I get it. I, I mean, I, I don't agree. I don't, whatever. I do not condone any of Joker's actions, but to see wh- how he ends up where he ends up is no doubt understandable um, to, to see someone walk down that path. I mean, I've worked in real life with troubled youth kids, with kids that suffer from, you know, and people that suffer from mental issues and things like that. And there is no doubt in my mind that someone with the right kind of, negative influence and just you know the perfect storm could go from you know from day you know normal day human to to that and the whole time i was just like understanding it and understanding it and and like my awe factor just went from zero to a hundred and at the end of the like i was getting chills right i remember like when you know he gets away from the cops and he's walking away from the subway um, and the people are beating him up and it just shows him walking away. I like, got chills, literal chills. I'm like, this guy is a badass. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was, he is mad boss. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but I, I left that movie thoroughly entertained, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, um, and happily surprised at, at what I saw. And I mean, I, I thought I liked Heath Ledger the best. But I mean, it's easily a tie right now. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said, how you, you understood how he got from point A to point B. Um, and it didn't feel like, you know, we talked earlier about having certain agendas or certain ideas put in our face or shoved down our throat. You know, this could have, could have done that. It could have said, oh, well, people with mental illness, they need to be, be helped. And if they don't, this is what's going to happen, you know? could have been some agenda but it wasn't it was just this natural progression and like you said you you understood how he got there and it made sense and you don't condone it and you don't glorify it or anything along those lines but you understand it so that was a good takeaway for me as well um oh just so you know i forgot to say this earlier there will be spoilers in this discussion so if you haven't seen it (laughs) definitely uh pause it or if you don't care about spoilers keep listening but um, so just want to go over a brief outline of the film starts out with him. He works at this, this clown agency where they rent out, rent out clowns and he's one of them. And he gets the first scene that we see, he gets 
uh, attacked. They steal his sign and he chases after him. And then these, these kids beat him up and he goes home and goes, he lives with his mom. His mom's older. And I think she has a mental illness as well. Well, she definitely does find out later in the film. So then he ends up getting fired from his job because he lost the sign that he was using broke and his boss doesn't believe him that some kids beat him up. But before he leaves, one of his buddies or his coworkers, I guess, gives him a gun. And um, well, I guess before, before he gets fired, he goes in to do another job with these kids at the hospital. And while he's doing his, his thing and dancing and the gun falls out and lands on the ground and I just kind of looks at it. And he looks at it and he picks it up and acts like nothing happened. (laughs) And then he gets fired for bringing a gun to a children's hospital. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, So then he's out of a job um, and he meets this neighbor of his that he, this is, I want to get into this a little bit. Um, So he meets this neighbor who has a little girl and she's probably in the late twenties, but he kind of thinks she's cute and he goes home and at the, I think at this point he starts to fantasize about her, right? That he, they're going on this date and that, and she's talking to him and hanging out with him. And he think she thinks he's funny, all that sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then he goes to this comedy club. He does his act, but it's, it's not that funny. Oh, um, it was brutal. It was brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Like I, I couldn't watch. Like I, I, in the movie, I covered my eyes and I looked away because I, I cannot watch people just get thoroughly embarrassed, even in movies, right? Because like, I just, I feel bad. Like I've been embarrassed like that before and I just wish people would look away. (laughs) So when I see that, I was just like, I couldn't watch it. It was brutal. I mean, I I was like, man, (laughs) keep on keeping on, I guess. I don't know. I wish I could help you. And in in this club that he's at, in this uh, comedy club, the the girl from his apartment is there in his mind, at least. I didn't think she was there physically at these at this point. And so, and I got the impression that he looked to her for strength because he was he wasn't able to do his his jokes. He was too nervous. And then once he imagined that she was there watching him, he was able to get past that anxiety and that stage fright and was able to do his his performance. So. That was an underlying tone of the film. And in the whole process, there's a, a subway scene where he's, he's on the subway going home and there's these drunk guys and they're harassing this lady. And he, he has this laugh that he does when he's nervous and he started laughing and they thought he was making fun of them. So they go over here and over there and start beating him up. But he has that gun. He ends up shooting the three guys that are making fun of him and beating them up. So that's the first moment, first moment that we see where he, you know, resorts to violence. And in that scene, it was kind of like what we were saying earlier, you know, why wouldn't you defend yourself if some guys are beating you up, right? I don't know if you shoot them, but you pull your gun out and say, get away from me. And he ended up shooting all three of them. And that ended up being another storyline that there was this subway killer and, you know, so that took on a life of its own as well. And that, that led to this whole storyline of, because they had seen that it was a clown that had killed them. So all these people started dressing up as clowns. And the guys that he had killed were rich people who were coming home from work or something like that. And so it became the storyline of, you know, the have nots versus the haves. And so then that led into the whole Bruce Wayne or not Bruce Wayne, the Thomas Wayne storyline where he was running for mayor. He was rich. He had it all and he was mm-hmm. all the time. 
And his mom kept talking about how she used to work for Thomas Wayne and he's going to call her or he's going to send her a letter and pay for their bills and they're going to get out of that crappy apartment that they're living in. What did you think of the inclusion of the Waynes in this film? Uh, I thought it was, I mean, I, I think it was something I expected anyways. Uh, I don't see how you have a movie about the Joker without talking about Batman or vice versa. Uh, but I, I found it kind of cool how they did a little flip, you know, like from his perspective, because we've always known uh, the, um, the Waynes to be like the saviors of Gotham. They were trying to save Gotham. They were really good people. Everyone loved them and stuff like that. And then from this, it makes it look like, yeah, I mean, people loved them if you were in the rich circles, which I mean, on, on a real level, like that's almost what matters, right? I mean, people that are, you know, trying to make it day to day and, and, you know, living in these pack pack cities and, uh, you know, and things like that, they, they often can't, I mean, they're, they're not boozing and whining and dining with the, the rich and elite, you know, and, you know, they're working every day and stuff. And so it, it was interesting to see that perspective. Like, look, this guy's a jerk. Yeah. You know, he is a legitimate jerk. And you really saw a disconnect between, you know, the hardworking man that's working every day or whatever and the rich and elite. Like there was that disconnect there. Like, why don't these people better themselves? Why don't they just get a better job? Why? They're clowns. Yep. They're doing this to themselves. And I felt like that was a, an idea that resonates for real with people today, right? where you, you know, a lot of people really feel like the rich get rich and they don't, they're disconnected to what's really going on out there. And, uh, and that's the way it is. And so I think that that, I like that because it kind of struck a note that's real to people. And I think that's kind of what drew me into the story. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, that whole thing led, you know, continue that story thread, continue out through the rest of the film until the, the climax of the film. Um, had some pretty big consequences and there was this part where uh, the mom before she died or she had a stroke or something and was going to die but she had written a letter to her son and hinted or i can't remember if it was a hint or just outright said that thomas wayne is your father and the, when that was introduced i was like what is that true is that gonna really be you know bruce wayne and the joker are stepbrothers type thing <laughs> and that was a really good uh uh, twist it ended up not being true. Uh, Joker goes to Arthur Fleck. He goes to this hospital because he confronted Thomas Wayne and Wayne tells him, Hey, your mom was crazy. You were adopted and she was crazy. So I had to fire her and we, we kicked you guys out. So he's, he doesn't believe him. So he goes to the Arkham asylum and steals the, the file from his mom and finds out that, yeah, he, he was adopted by this, this lady raised Uh, she ended up marrying a guy who abused him as a child and mom was in the the psych ward for a bit as well and so he learned it was i thought it was interesting that he he didn't know that like he didn't remember being abused or you know this guy was there and then he wasn't um so i don't i guess it's possible that you hide stuff bury stuff to forget about it but that's a pretty big deal to know that you were abused or not i don't think you totally get that out of your mind but um so he learns that and then from there he just he starts his downward spiral at that point he doesn't care anymore 
Um, his, he ends up going to the hospital and suffocating his mom in the hospital bed because she lied to him. And it was at that point that he saw that the, the talk show guy that he idolized and fantasized about being in the audience and being a part of the show, he showed a, a video from the comedy bit that he did earlier in the film. And at first he was like, oh, I'm on the show, I'm famous. And, and then the talk show host starts making fun of him. But apparently the audience and the, the fans loved it, so they wanted to get him actually on the show and not just have his videos. So the talk show people call him up, they schedule a time for him to be on the show. He goes to the show and he's at that point, he's just kind of lost it. Cause like you said earlier, he had gone to, he had the cops were chasing him cause they, they kind of figured out that he was the one that had been, had killed those guys. And so they were going to arrest him and he, he escapes from them. And he, at that point, he's just full on Joker at that point. Cause he, before leaving his apartment, he had killed his friend. They had come over to confront him. He had ended up killing the guy that gave, gave him the gun. So at that point he was, he was all in and, Previous to him going to the show, he had his plan was that he would go on the show and then he would kill himself on live TV. But he gets there and the guy, I can't, what was his name? The Harrison. Uh, what the talk show guy's name was? Is it Murray? Murray, that's right. Yeah. So Murray, they're talking and Murray starts making fun of him. He gets pissed off. And I can't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, you know, you guys are rich, you don't care about us. You just do your thing, and he pulls out his gun and shoots Murray in the face right on live. He's like, "Why are you so rude?" Yeah, <laughs> you know he's and and they are right. They they're rude. He's like, "Like you didn't bring me on on the show because you like my act. You brought me on the show to make fun of me." Yeah, I, I mean, how rude is that? Why why are you people so rude? All I want to do is bring a little joy into this world, and everyone treats me like crap. Yeah, and and Need Straight tells Murray, "You're rude." you're a horrible person and yada, yada. And then, yeah, he just pulls out his gun and just no remorse, no blinking. And I mean, he tells him right on the show, right? I mean, when he killed those three people and he's like, and I haven't lost any sleepover. I felt good. And he's like, well, why? He's like, cause they were horrible people. You yeah. Well, he made that announcement on the show. I was like, Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. going to get crazy right now. Cause he just admitted on live TV that he was a murderer. He was the one they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, but I like too. like everyone had this, you know, oh, these three rich upstanding gentlemen couldn't have been doing anything wrong. Yeah. And so no matter what, he was the bad guy in the end. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was the bad guy, but not at that moment when those three died, he was defending himself. Yeah. But, yeah. and the lady that was on the subway that they were harassing. Yeah. And so, um, and he said, you know, they, they're horrible people. They deserve to die. And I mean, I, I mean, he took it to a level. I don't think <laughs> anyone else would but and then he just yeah he just shoots murray point blank yeah that was so surprising i was just <laughs> couldn't believe it yeah it's like i was like awestruck like did this just happen like what yeah. this just happened and in the movie right it's on live tv yeah and they immediately cut uh and it was just pandemonium i mean it set off riots in the streets and set off. I mean, it was crazy. Yep. So everybody that felt like they were being uh, discriminated against because of their position, because of the rich people, they all wore clown masks and started these riots after that. So you know, his actions, it was interesting that when that started happening, the phrase that came to my mind was a phrase from the dark Knight, 
you know, some people just want to watch the world burn. And that's exactly what we saw. He just wanted to see, he just wanted to cause chaos and he wanted to watch the world burn. Uh, I think initially he wanted to be recognized. He wanted to be seen because that's kind of what we saw in his fantasies of being on the show that he would be singled out and he would stand up and Murray would say, Oh, you're so funny. And that's why he wanted to go on the show because people finally noticed him. But that went from that to, you know, I don't care anymore. You know, I need to stick up for myself real quick. Mm -hmm. And then there was, I want to bring up that scene that where he's in the, the police car and it's pretty, pretty close representation of what we saw with Heath Ledger's Joker when he stole the police car and was cruising around Gotham with his head out the window. Pretty similar takes right there. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been a lot of memes like showing, you know, uh, Heath Ledger and him driving one in front, one in back. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then it, this to me was my, I don't know, most chilling moment of the show is when you're right, he's driving the cop car and then it gets hit with the ambulance, right? Yeah. And so everyone's like knocked out, he's knocked out. And then it shows the clown guys get out of the car and look at him, right? And they're walking to go get him out. And that like, I don't know why that was just so chilling, but it was just like, this is the moment Joker is truly the Joker. Yeah. He's got his followers, it's him. I mean, he, he, they lay him out and he's just knocked out and he wakes up and he sees these people idolizing him and he just, I mean, he just drinks it in. Right. And like validates him himself is really what it does. Yep. And he starts dancing and then the crazy part, right. He's bleeding cause he just got hit by a car. He's bleeding and he takes his fingers. He puts them in the blood and just makes a big smiley face. Yeah. That was pretty creepy. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was intense. That whole, the whole last, like as soon as he went on the talk show, I mean, really, I mean, before that, right. When he was running from the cops, it was just so intense and just so drawn in. And like, it was like edge of your seat, the whole, the whole last half hour. I mean, it just built it up so perfectly. And I mean, I guess even before that, right. (laughs) The midget uh, or the, the little person and uh, uh, the other guy come over from the clown. Right. Yeah. And so, but I mean, and then it, it shows him in Arkham Asylum at the end. And uh, yeah, I'm sure yeah, so he-, how, he went from standing on the hood of the police car, you know, finally getting that validation that he couldn't get from the rich people from Wayne and Murray, but all these commoners are giving him that recognition. But then it, it cuts to him in the asylum, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, let's talk about that. What does that mean? Well, so it shows him... Like, you know, he's dan- up there dancing, and then it shows, like, a bunch of cops coming in, you know? So I'm sure they just grabbed him. It didn't seem like he was too interested in, you know, trying to get away and hide, right? Um, okay. But, I mean, the next logical step is he's, he's in, he's in a, the Arkham Asylum for quite a few years, and then he meets Harley Quinn. Right. But the lady he was talking to at first, or that he, that's shown he's talking to, isn't Harley Quinn. No. And... That it wasn't her. Yeah, it definitely wasn't her because he kills her, right? I mean, you get the idea, he kills her. So Harley Quinn, her, the doctor's name, her doctor's name is Dr. Harleen Francis Quinzel. Right. And so uh, I think that was just, I, and I don't know if they're going to do another one or what, but uh, basically what happens is Doc Harley Quinn comes in, he kind of brainwashes her, and then she, she releases him. Right. Helps you saw that in Suicide Squad. Yeah. So... Um, 
I, I don't know quite why they ended it there. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a weird ending, but I think it it was fitting. Yeah, I read somewhere that on one of these articles that have been posted all over the place lately, past couple of weeks, that the scene in the Arkham Asylum is the current day, and what we just had seen previously was a flashback or. Um, uh, what do you call it? Where they fantasize about something that's not real. Hmm. Which I, if that's the case, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's just, hey, this is what I did to get where I'm at now. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And two, I like before how he's always like talking about his stuff, you know, his problems. And then at the end, she's like, what's funny? And he's like, a joke. Oh, what joke? You wouldn't get it. Yeah, yeah. And the, the joke was what he just did. Mm-hmm. like that's funny to him yeah pretty pretty good show pretty good movie uh so how do you think joaquin phoenix did i mean you expressed some doubt that you know how's he gonna do i've seen his other stuff how does he compare to these other jokers that we've seen and liked oh man uh <laughs> it, it, it's hard to compare um i, I mean someone like uh I, I can't remember his name the one in adam west something Ramon or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember either. Um, Cesar Romero. Yeah. Cesar Romero. I mean, for that time and for that specific film, you know, in that show, he was a great one for uh, Heath Ledger for his Batman and everything. He was a great one. And so it's really hard to compare some of them because they were made in such different eras. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, it's just tough to compare them. But as a whole, if I have to line them up and say, this is my favorite today because, you know, uh, he was easily, I, I, I've always thought Heath Ledger was the best. And I think he's, it was definitely on par with Heath, with Heath Ledger. I mean, it was right there. Um, it, I, I think he did amazing uh, for a, um, what's the word? He did, it was amazing for a, like, um, the backstory. The, yeah, I think he did it amazing for an origin story um, to to bring about the Joker that we know, and yeah. uh, it was uh, he did great, uh, A plus for for me, A plus. Uh, and we talked about this, like, will he get it? it? Was an Oscar, or an Emmy, or whatever it is? Will he get an Oscar for this? I I don't think he would, because I don't think. The academy, you know, the, they would allow somebody that played such like a violent role when Hollywood is so anti-violent right now, right? It's like, oh, we got to stop gun control and everything. And I can understand that. But they're so anti that. How do you glorify an actor that just basically is the epitome of anarchy killing people's guns, right? I, I don't, I think he should deserve one for, yeah. this, for this. It was hands down amazing. He deserves one. I don't think he'll get one because of that, but that does not take away from the masterpiece he put for me to watch. Yeah. Acting wise, he definitely deserves it. Uh, Yeah. I would say that he's definitely one of the top jokers, if not the top. Uh, I I view it as basically because of the the timeline. I mean, it was set in the eighties. You got all these old school Warner brothers and, you know, introduction and the, the, the timeline is the eighties. So you see this as an origin story. And in my mind, you got Heath Ledger as the middle of the story. Like what he did was in, you know, a few years after that. And then you got uh, Jared Leto, who's the current modern day, 
you know, he's been, he's escaped Arkham with the help of Harley Quinn. And now he's, you know, that's the Joker for today, at least up to this point. That's in my mind. Um, definitely Heath is number one, Joaquin number two. Um, but I, the thing I, I go back to with Jared Leto's Joker is he was dangerous. You didn't know he was gangster. He was evil. He was mean. You didn't get that with Joaquin Phoenix. He was still, because of it's an origin story, you know, he's still learning how to be the Joker, I guess you could say. But I didn't get, with the Joker, you always get this idea in the comics anyway, that he's this mastermind. You know, whatever he does, he's going to outsmart you. And you didn't get that with this, this Joker. And I give that a pass because it is an origin story. He doesn't have the experience. You got that with Heath Ledger's Joker. And then you got that with Jared Leto's Joker. Mm-hmm. And it's an evolution for me. So. Yeah, no, I, I can see that too. I mean, like I said, those, those jokers were feared because they were dangerous. Like they would, I mean, everyone knew like this, this guy's will go crazy town. Yeah. Uh, but this one, you just didn't know. And he didn't know. He yeah, had no he was, idea. No, like, yeah. He was always, I think, viewed himself at the bottom of the totem pole. It's like he said, you know, I always viewed my life as a tragedy, but now I know it's a comedy. Yeah. That's such a good line for the joke. Right. Now I know it's a comedy. And that's like when he embraced what was like, here's my reality. I fully embrace it. And now I'm going to live it. I'm not just going to be a part of it. I'm not going to be, you know, just downtrodden or anything. It's a comedy and I'm going to make it. I'm going to, I'm going to make myself laugh for the rest of my life. Boom. So, I mean, I mean, after this, obviously he's dangerous, right? I mean, <laughs> look at the very end, right? When he's in Arkham Asylum, like he's, he's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the whole show, he, he was not that. This guy, you wouldn't. I mean, so do you want to see a sequel or perhaps have Joaquin Phoenix's Joker appear in subsequent DC films? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah. I, I, I think it would be cool to see what next. What, what, now what happens? Right. When he first gets it, you know, obviously you'd have to start, I think with the whole Harley Quinn thing and stuff like that, see what happens. And, um, but there again, I, I don't see what his Joker going with Margot Robbie, Robbie's Harley Quinn. Yeah. I don't either. They're two different, they're two different tones. Yes. So who would you bring in? Who would you have to reboot that character? I mean, there's a lot to it, but I think that there's so much potential here for another another one yeah i'd like to see a sequel where it's just joker and batman and i want to see ben affleck you know someone older more experienced um not robert pattinson just starting out batman i want to see a batman who's been around the block and who can go toe-to-toe with his joker Mm -hmm. and if you can't give me that then i don't want to see him (laughs) yeah yeah i can see that i i I, who knows what they'll do i do I don't even know if they know what they're going to do now. <laughs> yeah. I think I, they're just waiting, waiting and seeing what happened with this. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, well, final thoughts on Joker. What's, what's your final impressions and, and all that? Uh, go see it. If you haven't seen it, if you've been one of those that have, you know, heard left and right, like, Oh, this movie, it's, you know, too violent for now and yada, yada. And I mean, I, <laughs> There is more violence in other shows by far. Uh, if you watch the 300, you're good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, well, but, I think the walking dead is more violent than this. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, yes. I mean, obviously this is a little bit more serious, et cetera, yeah. but man, it was, 
great. It's just so great. I, I can't even, I had some friends go see it who are not into the superhero type genre of shows. They're not fans. And I told them, you've got to go see this guys. And they went and saw it and they absolutely loved it. So they said it was amazing. It was great. They, I mean, they liked it. I, I guess I could have asked them and seen if they could have come on tonight. That would have been better, you know, even more testimonial for, from them. But yeah. I mean, this was, you will be thoroughly surprised. It is not the normal run of the mill superhero show with the cheap laughs and the same old jokes and the uh, quick storyline to quick action. It is not that. This is like an amazing book that you're going to read. It's going to slowly build you up, slowly feed you a great story, uh, make you laugh, make you cry, make you scared, make you happy for the character. And then, uh, then all of a sudden you have this amazingly strong character at the end. And then we get the action. And the action isn't forced because it's so built up throughout the movie. It's so built up. And so now you just leave with this sense of, like wonder like what did i just see how amazing was it can i go see it again right now yeah yeah i agree um it was a slow build and i I think even like the first 20 minutes i'm like wow this this movie's kind of slow but it wasn't like a like oh they need to hurry up you know it wasn't a bad thing it was just i noticed it oh it's you know it's it's taking its time and it was was still engaging still interested in what was going on i wanted to see what's going to happen next so it was, it's this weird thing that we're not used to because we're so used to, you know, the first minute, five minutes is there's this great action scene. You're drawn in and then there's another action scene and so on and so forth. But you don't get that with this. This is character development. That's what this film is. And, and it worked. I thought it worked great. A lot better than a lot of movies I've seen. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoyed it as, as well. Probably go see it again at some point. Um, I, hope they, I hope they do more characters like this give it this kind of film but not a lot just maybe one a year one every other year to make it still different and still a novel idea type thing like i'd like to see a scarecrow film oh yeah that that was just terrifying right you know that would be that would be awesome to have something like that or you know maybe stick to the bad guys and just do the riddler or some of them that we don't really see that much Mm hmm. Well, I think it's it's good in a way because I think that the idea that the Joker is just crazy for the mere fact of being crazy is an incomplete storyline. Yeah. Right. People. I mean, maybe so. Right. I'm not a professional that is in in, in that. You know. But generally, there's reasons why people end up where they are. And it's cool to see, it was really cool to see that storyline play itself out. And then now, like, when I see any movie with Joker in it, it, it feels more real about why he is the way he is. Like, now the story's complete. And you can do that, like you said, with the Riddler, with Scarecrow, with, you know, all these other, you know, tons and tons of bad guys that are there. You could do some cool stuff with that. Yeah, there's um, been talk of Luther, Lex Luthor. Oh yeah, That'd be kind of yeah. Cool. That would be me. Other villains besides Batman's villains. I think Two Face would be cool because Two Face was friends with um, Batman, Bruce Wayne, as they were yeah. growing up, and then obviously he was attacked by Joker and whatever. So it would be cool to see that, but with only a tad bit 
of that storyline with Joker and Bruce Wayne, or maybe you just do something a little different anyways, but that would be kind of neat to see that, you know, to see that makeup. I, I mean, maybe it's more straightforward story than I imagine, but I think, you know, like you said, to do that. And I mean, they'd have to be right. Like they'd have to be like a rated R film, like what we got. Yeah. And, yeah. and they would have to be darker. I mean, these are bad guys. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not fool ourselves into what they are, uh, but, or are not, but I, I would be very entertained by that route. Yeah, I agree. So hopefully with the success of this film, I mean, it's, there's rumors or, there, or at least there's talk that it'll hit a billion. I mean, it's on that path. So it was like 580 million in yeah. 10 days. Yeah. In two, two weeks. Well, in two days, you said it's 10, day, 10 days today released on the fourth. Yeah. And right now box office puts it in. And this is yesterday is 548, 548 million. Yeah. So it's halfway there. Mm-hmm. It's not even released in China yet. If I remember correctly. Yeah. And they said like their, their budget their production budget was 55 million. Yeah. Yeah. They've made so much money on this. So definitely I'm, I'm sure we'll see either a sequel or another, uh, like we were talking about, you know, their black label DC film with another character. So, mm-hmm. and for all those that are wondering, it's movies like this that totally make it better than Marvel. Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, what, how are we going to get a show like this for Marvel? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's been Marvel's biggest drawback is they don't develop their villains. The, the biggest uh, one that we've had, the most developed one we had has been Loki. And he's, he's kind of a goofball. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's always him and Thor, like best buddies one minute. And the next minute he's trying to kill him, but then they're best buddies again, you know? So you don't, and he's the only one who else do you, Thanos, they tried to develop and but I, I don't know. I didn't really like, I don't see him as a, a complex character. Like no, he, and and he's not scary. Right. He's he like to, he just wants to defeat people. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, when I watch, when when I see Thanos, I see a f- made up character in this show who's a happens to be a bad guy. When I see the Joker, I see this guy who connects with me, or you know, I'm connected to somehow on a human level, and the guy's cr- like that. Scare this this guy would scare me. Yeah. Right. And that, that's a villain. That's a villain because you've built it a good story and it's connected with me. Right. Yeah, definitely. And you know, a couple of years ago, everybody was saying DC's too dark. I mean, Batman versus Superman. Oh, too dark, too much killing, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, look at this film. You could say the same thing about this one. So I, and I get that, you know, Superman's the hero and not the villain, but it's not like, I don't know, it's, it's the same argument, different film same franchise so yep. anyway that's that's our review of joker uh definitely give it uh, positive reviews go see this film i give it a, an a there's a couple things that's minor things that i've mentioned previously but um definitely an a and want to see it again what what uh, grade do you give it mark oh a i we talked about this there's multiple i in the end i give it an a go see it nine nine and a half out of ten Right. Yep. So it's got the incredible nerds, two thumbs up and go see it. Let us know what you think. Follow us on social media and tweet out what you, what you thought of it and send us an email. Uh, we'll be talking about this at some points, probably not as in depth, but we'll get back to Joker. It's, it's a good film. And 
We want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Credible Nerds Podcast as we talk about the latest DC news and give a review to Joker. So thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time. See you guys. Bye.